This is Growth Decoded to Go, a podcast from a show that helps you grow your business by figuring out the customer experience, one piece at a time. Now, what does a podcast of a show mean? Well, it means that we put out a live audio-visual show, and then we turn the audio into, well, this podcast that you're listening to right now. We do this to share our findings with you, wherever you are. Because this podcast is only the audio portion of the show, there might be some references to visuals. But don't fret, because we've included links to the video version of the show in the podcast description. All right, let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to Growth Decoded, a show that investigates how the customer experience impacts business growth. I'm your host, Ernie Santarelli. If you're new here, which is likely the case, because this is our second episode and we're all new here, Here's the deal. Each episode, we focus on a different aspect of the customer experience, what it is, why it matters, how to think about it, and ultimately, how you can understand and use it to improve the customer experience and grow your business. In our first episode, we introduced you to our friend, the plant. No, no, wait, not, not, not that plant. Uh, this plant over here. Yes, perfect. This plant. We're growing this plant throughout the course of the show so that as your business grows, so too will this little plant. And if you were here for episode one and you thought to yourself, Ernie is definitely going to kill that plant. Believe me, I was thinking the same thing. But our little plant is making strides, and so are we. You can see here the progress that our little plant has made since the first episode. Also, our little plant needs a name. So if you've got some gluten-free, sustainable, plant-based names, please drop them in the chat, and we will take them all into consideration. Now, today we're exploring the topic of Customer Experience Automation, or CXA. Customer Experience Automation is a new category of software that ActiveCampaign created in May of 2019 to help businesses solve an old problem. Now, the problem is, how do you connect to your customers when there are more customers than hours in the day? The solution is new, because no solution on the market, whether marketing automation, email marketing, CRM, or support tools, could solve for this. CXA is different because it connects across the full customer lifecycle. It ties together all of your channels, and it's an automation-first strategy. But the thing is, when you're starting out as a new business, you're able to give your customers and your contacts one-on-one -on -one attention. You're able to cultivate relationships with them through tailored experiences. You might even have the time to write out individual emails to them. You're able to provide an incredible customer experience. But as your business grows, so too does the amount of time that it takes to maintain all of these relationships. So what happens? Well, a few things, usually. First, you're getting more customers. Nice. Good stuff, honestly. That's, that's the goal, right? But more customers means more relationships, more variation in the customer journey, more differences in customer needs, support questions, buying situations, internal processes, and overall communication, more customer experiences that you have to manage, account for, and deliver. But no more time in the day. Just because your business requires more time from you doesn't mean that you get more time every day to work on it. Those 24 hours are fixed. You've got a dilemma. You've got a choice to make. And the way I see it, you've got two options. One, figure out how to get more done with less time. Or two, risk letting the quality of your customer experience deteriorate. Let's take a look at that second option first. Providing a positive customer experience is the reason why you're in this pickle in the first place. When people love doing business with you, they continue to do business with you. They also tell people about you, which is a pretty big help. So you definitely don't want to let the customer experience suffer because it's the fuel that powers your business engine. But the opposite is also true. 
Negative customer experiences lead to unhappy customers who will definitely stop doing business with you. A study by Zendesk found that 82% of consumers have stopped doing business with a company because of a single negative experience. An Accenture study found that across industries, 52% of consumers switch brands in a given year due to poor customer service. So that's not great. These unhappy former customers then tell basically everyone they know about their bad experience. An American Express study in 2017 found that consumers tell an average of 15 people about poor customer experiences with a business. So providing poor customer experience is essentially like the opposite of having a sales and marketing team working for you. And worse than that, these recommendations from peers are trusted and valued at a level that vastly exceeds any marketing or sales efforts that you were putting out there anyway. A study by Bright Review found that 93% of consumers won't make a purchase until they read a review. 91% of customers from the ages of 18 to 34 trust online reviews just as much as personal recommendations. Search Engine Watch found that 92% of customers trust peer recommendations. And not only that, but Power of Reviews found that 82% of customers actively seek out the negative reviews. So creating negative experiences for your prospects or potential customers is basically like training a, high, a team of highly effective mercenaries whose sole purpose is to steer anyone and everyone away from ever doing business with you. I think it's safe to say that option two is not the best option. But how are you supposed to get more done in less time? Well, that's where the automation part of customer experience automation comes in. You've heard about automation, right? It's the, it's the thing that runs in the background while you sit on the couch and watch friends. But how does it work? How do you decide what to automate? How can you be sure it's the right thing? How do you know how to set it up? Where do you start? Isn't the customer experience supposed to be personal? Isn't automation the opposite of personalized communication? It's just the same thing over and over and over again, right? How are you supposed to use automation to improve the customer experience? How can you automate something that needs to be unique, something that needs to be different from individual to individual, something Something so complicated is the customer experience. It's impossible. It has to be, doesn't it? Oh. Oh. Shiv. Shiv, thank heavens you're here. Hey. Shiv, maybe you can help me out with this. Shiv is a member of the uh, Active Campaign Education team. He hosts a weekly show on CXA. He's had thousands of conversations with businesses about CXA. Shiv, how do we start to think about automation in a way that we can use it to... to automate and improve the customer experience? Genuinely a great question, Ernie. This is a genuinely great question. The customer experience, it's personal, it's complicated, and the path of any two given people is rarely gonna be the same. Kind of like ordering on the 77-page menu at the Cheesecake Factory. I mean, who's ordering baked Brussels sprouts with a side of white chocolate raspberry truffle? Besides, the fact is, every one of your customers will go on a different journey to becoming your customer. Some journeys are gonna be short, you know, they might see an ad, like it, go to your website, and buy from you. Maybe they heard a recommendation from another customer and signed up immediately. It's all they needed. But some are going to be more complicated. Maybe a prospect comes across your blog you wrote, and they like it enough to sign up for your email list. You know, they hang out there for a few months, opening the occasional newsletter without doing much of anything, but then one day, lightning strikes. Your email hits them in the right spot. You know, they schedule a call, they run through your sales process, they negotiate contracts, they buy your product, buy 10 more, you go viral, you become a billionaire, you save the rainforests, you climb Mount Everest, and then you grow a plant to represent the growth that Growth Dakota gave you, and now you're here. At the end of the day, whether the journey is short or long, 
whether it takes two steps or 20, whether they convert in five minutes or five months, they're both your customers. So how do you start to think about this in a way that makes it possible to automate journeys? How do you begin to map the customer journey? Again, genuinely a tough question, and to answer it, I want to talk about laundry. Specifically, how do you decide to do laundry? Let's take a look at this flowchart. This flowchart is from a book called Inconsequential Dilemmas by Knock Knock, and it's a helpful guide to deciding if you should or should not do laundry. Look at all the different pathways or journeys that you could take to get to your ultimate goal. This is how you can think about the different choices your customers make when they're trying to get to their ultimate goal. It's what we mean when we say mapping your customer journey, right? Essentially, you have a point A when the contact first learns about you, and you have a point Z when the contact becomes a customer or when they ultimately decide not to. Now, there's all these points in the middle, B through Y, that'll determine their path. Kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure book. And these bubbles, these decisions, these actions on the chart are the various touch points that a contact would take with your business on the way to becoming a customer. And these touch points, well, you can automate that. A little foreshadow for y'all. So you don't have to account for every touch point right now. Start with the basics. What are the steps that every single contact has to go through before they become a customer? Regardless of how they've heard about you, how long they've been in contact, or anything else, what are the steps they have to complete? Then you can build from there. Think about the different ways that they can get to that point or the different places they can go from that point. These are the messages and the steps that you can begin to map out and automate. So, sounds like you're on board for using data to get to your customers and, and get them to love you, but you don't know where to start. Well, let's start to use these four questions as a guide. Who's the right person for that message? What is the right message at this point of the journey? What is the right time to send this message? And what is the right medium or channel for this message to be delivered, right? Essentially, how do you send the right person, the right message, the right time, and the right medium? That, my friends, in a nutshell, is CXA. Getting to a point where you know that you're able to communicate with your audience at every point in their customer journey. And not just communicate with them, but send them exactly what they need, when they need it, in the place they're looking for it. Let's see how this looks in action. Throughout this episode, we're going to hear from Sven, who is the Senior Director of Digital and E-Commerce at Koya, a plant-based beverage company. Sven and Koya are headquartered in California and have done an amazing job at incorporating the principles of CXA into their marketing strategy. Ernie actually had a chance to catch up with Sven yesterday to discuss how all of this looks in practice. I am now joined by Sven, the Senior Director of Digital and E-Commerce at Koya, um, which is a plant-based beverage company based out of, is that California? Is that right, Sven? Yeah, we're based out of Los Angeles. Perfect. I guess to kick things off, I kind of just want to get like a general lay of the land um, in terms of how you and Koya approaches the customer experience, you know, throughout the customer journey. Um, so when you think about it at large, kind of like taking a very zoomed out approach, how do you how do you think about the, the customer journey at large? How do you think about, you know, finding the right person, message, time, medium? It's definitely a great question and a challenging question. And for a business like Koya, where we are, you know, predominantly brick and mortar and traditional retail, but also we do have a growing e-commerce presence. So not only are we have our own D2C website, we also have Amazon.com and another huge uh, vertical for us that's been growing like 400% in the last year is Amazon Fresh, so grocery delivery. Mm. So each platform kind of requires its its own timing and its own 
um, you know, message per customer. And, and for each platform, it's kind of a different need. For us, what we try to do is an omni-channel approach and, and we use different mediums like Active Campaign. We've recently also incorporating SMS technology as well. But what we do is it's heavily reliant on automations, uh, to be frank with you, because it's that's like the best way to, to send those tailored messages based on a triggered event. So for instance, for us, like if it's someone that's shopping on D2C and they uh, abandon a cart, for instance, you know, we have an abandoned cart uh, sequence that um, does really well for us. And for the first trigger, if they abandon the cart, we'll maybe send them a nudge like, hey, you forgot something in your basket. Here's here's free shipping or 10% off, kind of like a minor discount just to kind of maybe nudge them. Maybe they got distracted and they just like just close the browser, but we'll nudge them with a little offer um, and send them an email. If they don't open that or if they don't convert from that email, then we'll, we have a, an automation uh, journey set up to where the next message they receive will be a little more aggressive, maybe like a 15 to 25% off discount to really incentivize them to convert. So we're tailoring the message um, each time to, to try to get the desired action that we're looking for. What we try to do is when there's someone that signs up on our newsletter, for instance, our automation will will send like, hey, thanks for joining our newsletter. But we'll actually send them to a page where we're constantly trying to extrapolate more data from, from the users. So we'll send them a survey. And then once they fill out that survey, all that data that we've collected will then go into our active uh, campaign CRM and we'll continually start to learn more and more from them. So for instance, one, one question we'll ask them is, where do you like to shop? You know, like what grocery store are you buying Koyas from? And then if they say, for instance, Whole Foods or Ralph, Safeway, HEB, you know, what have you, we're we're in, I think, 15,000 stores now. So we're growing really fast. What we'll nice. try to do is then when we have a promotion, say at Whole Foods, it's there's a two for two for six that are going on in Whole Foods, we'll send a tailored message um, and create a campaign and we'll segment that audience from everyone who said that they shop at Whole Foods. And then we'll send um, that entire audience of Whole Foods uh, shoppers a email that says, "Hey, by the way, um, spend because we use a um, we use a merge tag, so it kind of gets a little more personalized." There's a two for six going on at Whole Foods. Get it while it's hot. You know, the date ends in like you know two weeks to create a little bit of urgency. Mm. So that way we can also help um, brick and mortar sales by increasing sales velocity by letting our audience know um, that there's a sale going on. So that's a kind of an offline way that we also try to um, uh, tailor messages based off of data that people have submitted and we keep learning from. Okay. Okay. So first things first, it is possible to use automation to create different custom customer experiences. Now, customer experience automation starts with the customer, and that means finding the right person. Now, this person could be anyone, but it's not just anyone. It's the right person for your business. So who are they? Who is your ideal customer? What do you know about them? What types of people make up your target audience? How do they find out about you? What do they want? What do they need? What problems do they have? How does your product, service, or offering solve that problem? We've got a lot of questions to answer here, and the answers to these questions are going to help you create the ideal customer experience for the ideal customer. Now, this is the foundation of your customer journey. Think back to the laundry problem. That flowchart doesn't matter if the person looking at it doesn't have a problem deciding when to do laundry. 
or if they don't do laundry at all. Because let's be honest, if that's the case, they've got bigger problems. But if you have the wrong person, everything else could be perfect, but it won't matter. Not to mention the fact that sending the right message to the wrong person isn't a great customer experience for that person. And remember, bad customer experiences tend to get talked about a lot. So Shiv, how do you find the, the right person? How do you, how do you find the, oh, what's this? Shiv, how do you find the right person? Genuinely, Ernie, a great, great question. Also, I have a feeling that it's laundry day for Ernie with all these examples, but he's absolutely right. To do this, we need to look at all the interactions somebody is having with your business to determine who they are and what they want. And this isn't just limited to finding new prospects. It's important to analyze this from somebody who's never heard of you before to your most loyal customers and everything in between. Sounds like a big undertaking. Well, let's figure out who we're talking to first, AKA, who your target audience is. If I sell high-end cameras, I'm looking for people who are in video and production. If I'm offering career coaching, I'm searching for individuals looking to make their next career move. And if I'm offering laundry services, well, you guys already know, I'm looking for Ernie. Start by asking yourself a few questions about what your goal is for each particular contact. Right? Are, are you trying to get somebody to hear about you in the first place? Whether it's at an in-person conference or a Facebook advertisement, how are you initially reaching and engaging that person? Has this person already heard about you, but now you need to understand if they you know, have the solution or if they understand the solution to your, the problem, right? Are, are you trying to nurture and educate this person on their particular needs? Have they already decided that you know, they want the solution from you, but they don't yet know that they specifically want to buy it from you specifically, right? What, what strategy will you execute to convert and close people who have already been nurtured? Or are we looking at current customers, right? What kind of interactions will show us the best strategy to support and grow our base? We need to make sure we retain people who might cancel, celebrate our audience who loves us, and hopefully get our happiest customers to shout on top of a mountaintop and, and tell more people about us. Now let's go ahead and kick it back over to Sven and Ernie to talk more about how Koya finds new target audiences and how they use data to segment on these customers. In terms of you know, finding the right person, um, how do you identify new audiences or, or how do you identify new contacts? Can you kind of take me through that process? Yeah, definitely. So we, you know, like we said earlier, it's, you know, it can get really complex really fast, um, depending on uh, your business. But for instance, what we try to do is we invest a lot of money in paid media. And so we use really targeted campaigns um, to find new audiences and try to find new prospects. So we will, for instance, if we're looking for new Whole Foods customers, there's a huge audience on Facebook of people who shop at Whole Foods. I think it's the audience size is at 15 million. Um, and we'll send them an ad that is like find a store or uh, join our giveaway. And then what we try to do is we'll, when they sign up on our website and they submit a form, we'll tag them. And so once we tag them as you know Whole Foods giveaway, we know that they typically shop at Whole Foods. Uh, we don't know 100% for certain because it's it's based off of interest. It's not based off of actual like, hey, this is a customer of, of Whole Foods. But if they have an interest, there's typically highly likely that they are um, actual shoppers at Whole Foods and we'll tag them. And that's really how we are able to find new audiences. And we'll also, we like to try to do fun things like giveaways. We'll put together like, um, 
Diane, who she's our digital marketing manager. She did an awesome, she does an awesome job of putting like fun little games together for our audiences to stay engaged. So we did like flavor madness where people chose like which flavor is the best on a bracket and then everyone voted. And then by the end of it, you know, the number one flavor would show. So we try to like really interact with our audience that way and do fun things. But at the same time, we're also trying to on the back end tag our audiences to the appropriate kind of um, audience to uh, organize them to make sure that we know like, hey, this person, they, they really like giveaways. So we'll tag them with giveaways. This person really likes discounts because they signed up on our newsletter and there's a 10% discount. So then we'll typically send them um, D to C free offers and stuff like that. Mm. So that's why we, tr that's how we kind of try to organize them based off of that. And, um, most of that is through paid media and with paid media, you're able to kind of really hyper target that audience. And the cool thing with active campaign is once they submit their email and then you create a survey, just another form essentially on your website and they, and they input their email that's connected to active campaign, all the fields that you're collecting, like how many quiz they drink per week or how many, what their hobbies are, or what their, uh, favorite grocery stores are it'll automatically data gets sent to that account within active campaign that's connected to that email and it's essentially getting that account information getting smarter and smarter with more and more data and you can actually go into that person's account and see like all the different data points that you're constantly collecting so it's really awesome to like first you hook them with a newsletter with an offer and then you send it out to survey like hey do you want to win a free case of koya submit this survey and then you're continually learning more and more about them and it just mm. allows you to make better business decisions and better marketing campaign tailored marketing campaigns around that data oh um well I'm definitely feeling better about finding the right person for each point, but sending the right person the wrong message is just as bad of a customer experience as sending the right person, I'm sorry, the right message to the wrong person. Because sending the same message to everyone is like, well, it's like failing to sort your laundry and just throwing it all in at once. You know, it might work some of the time for some of the items, but eventually you're gonna end up with some pink t-shirts. And so now this begs the question, how do you send the right message to the right person? Who is the right person for the message? Now, I'm not the only one who wants to know this. We took a look into the active campaign community and found quite a few questions that were just like this. And lucky for us, I know some people who can help us out. So now our customer evangelist, Tim, is going to answer some questions from the active campaign community in a segment that we like to call our customer evangelist Tim answers some questions from the Active Campaign community. Hi, I'm Tim, customer evangelist at Active Campaign. I'm here with my colleagues Molly and Gabby, and we have questions from our community that we're going to answer. Hello, Molly. What is our first question today? Hey, Tim. Our first question is from a customer who asks How would you email a 400,000 contact email list? What's the right way to segment them so that you don't email them all at once? Gabby actually got a question about this same topic. So Gabby, what did you find? Thanks, Molly. One of our customers asks, how do you prefer to send emails only to contacts who meet specific conditions? Do you create multiple lists? Do you use segments? How do you do it? These are great questions. Whether your list is 400 or 400,000, blasting that entire list with the exact same email isn't very effective. Without segmentation, you're sending the same emails to everyone. Some people click, and some wonder why you're even emailing them in the first place. 
Because if the email is too specific, you're gambling on who it might resonate with. But if it's too broad, why will people even care? You run the risk of annoying the very people you want to be connecting with, your customers. With segmentation, you send the right message to the right person. They engage with your messages because they're interested and your marketing feels more personal to them. So what is segmentation? Segmentation is the act of grouping your contacts into segments. A segment is a group of contacts organized by information about the contact. For example, pages they visit, information from integrations, links clicked, or emails they open. Each segment contains contacts that share similar characteristics or behaviors. The purpose of segmentation is to send people relevant messages that genuinely interest them based on the data you've collected. When contacts receive messages that are relevant to them, they're more likely to pay attention to your campaigns. Behavior-based segmentation is key because when you segment by behavior, you're not only listening to what your customers are telling you, you're monitoring what they actually do. This makes it possible for you to send them the right information at the right time for as long as they're your customer. Let's look at an example. A boutique store carries clothing, stationery, and home decor. They have a brick and mortar location and they also sell products online. We can segment by location or geography. Are they local? Are they visiting the store? Or do they primarily shop online? We can segment by customer behaviors, like which product pages they're visiting on the store website. Demographics data can help target the right audience. Maybe younger customers are more interested in apparel, while older customers are interested in home decor. We can also segment by what products customers are actually buying. This data can be pulled in via an integration with your online store. Finally, we can segment contacts into customers and prospects. You'll market differently to a returning customer than you would a first-time shopper. These various segments of contacts will each respond to different messaging. Some may want content about home decor. Local contacts may be interested in an in-person event at the brick-and-mortar location. And everyone loves a coupon, but you may want to run a promotion on a particular product rather than for the whole store. With the right messaging to the right group of people at the right time, you can reach your target audience when they are most likely to listen. All right, those were the questions from our community that we were going to answer, and we did. Molly, Gabby, thank you both for joining me today. Thanks, Tim. Thanks so much, Tim, and thank you for helping our customers get the answers they're looking for. And thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time when we have more questions from our community that we're going to answer. Yes, very helpful. Thank you, Tim, Molly, and Gabby for answering those questions. Speaking of questions, if you're watching this, you're following along um, live, feel free to send your questions in. Um, we will do our best to get those up here to Shiv and I and uh, get you some answers to those as well. Uh, so going back to what Tim was just saying, it's, it's all about using the data that you have or starting to gather up that data so that you can use it to determine the right message for each point in the journey. Now, with so many different possibilities, how do you start to figure this out? Tim mentioned a few things there. The emails that your contacts open, the pages that they view on your website, the links they click, and the information that you get 
from integrations with other tools that you're using. Now, from, this, from these four areas, you get a whole pile of information. But you've got to know what you're looking at, and you've got to know what you're looking for. These pieces of information are going to tell you a lot about who your contact is and where they're at in the journey. And once you know who they are, you know if they're the right person. And then you'll know what the right message is to send them. From there, you can create automations that repeatedly send the right message to the right person. But how do you know which message to send? Which is the right message? Shiv, how do you start to navigate this pile of laundry? I mean, uh, information. Just, you know, before we continue, I just need to ask you something really quick. Were you wearing the same thing yesterday as what you're right now with the interview with Sven? Do you have a laundry problem, my friend? <laughs> Anyways, like you mentioned, using the emails people are opening, the links they're clicking on, and the pages that they're visiting on your website, we can pinpoint not only to where they are in the journey, but also what message to subsequently send them. You know, everything CXA believes in, it revolves around actionable data actionable data. I mean, if Danny's visiting our, our blog article on how the best, you know, the best dog food for golden retrievers, then we can assume that he either has a golden retriever, is interested in finding the best dog food, or a little bit of both, right? And our message should adjust to these newly discovered preferences. The way I like to tackle this is by charting out all the potential interactions that you could have with your customers, right? Chart out the web pages they could visit, the events they could attend, the webinars they register for, the emails they open, all of it. From there, keep a tab of what you learn about a customer when they have that interaction, and this will help you pick between you know, having your call to action and your messages to be buy your product versus watch your videos for two separate customers that both haven't purchased, but their interactions are telling you that they're in different places of your customer experience. Now, I can hear all of you saying, but Shiv, how am I going to do this across all of my contacts? That's where the automation part of CXA comes into play. It's imperative to use automation not only to send your messages, but also to ensure that the data behind and within every single message is accurate and updated. CXA for operational purposes like data management is one of the most powerful ways to leverage CXA. A lot of people think that automation is the opposite of personalization, when instead, automation truly is the engine of personalization. Let's turn it back over to Ernie and Sven to hear a little bit more about how those two work together to send the right message. Once you have the, the right person or right you know, segments of, of your audience, as you get more information about them, learn more about each contact, how do you kind of evolve the messaging you know, with that journey? How do you approach that? From the data that we keep collecting, we're able to kind of use advanced search and then we're able to really see like who everyone that loves to skateboard, you know, and we'll create a campaign based on that. And then the content within that email is really high. Maybe we'll put a, an image of a skateboarder who is skating and also is drinking Koya, which again, from that campaign from Crush It With Koya, oh, I think that we're going to get to, that's what we did was we were able to get a bunch of content from a, a bunch of awesome, uniquely awesome people. So uh, we'll segment on everyone who likes to skateboard. And then that mess campaign that we send out, the email campaign, the image will be of a skateboarder holding Koya, what have you. And then that's what the content will be more tailored to. And you'll find a lot better open rates based mm. off of using content within your email that's more um, hyper-targeted and related to what their favorite hobbies are, which would be skateboarding. Right. And so in this process of, you know, gathering this information is automated um, and then you're pulling the information out and then you're sending a message and, and really relying on automation to 
to deliver this very personalized, tailored experience. I just think there, there's a lot of, uh, of misconception about, you know, automation meaning, you know, the same thing for everybody. But um, I think you're, you're yeah. giving us a little bit here that that doesn't have to be the case. Yeah, big time. And if you didn't have automation, like you'd have to have a team of 100 people that is like going in and trying to, you know, organize your entire audience. But with you can have a super lean team that, you know, marketing team, if you, if you implement um, automation in place of that, and it just makes your, uh, your email marketing just that much more powerful when you're able to organize everything. And the best way to do that is with, with automation for sure. Okay. So you've got the right person, the right message, and now it's time to deliver that message at exactly the moment when your contact wants to see it. But when is that? If you send the right message to the right person at the wrong time, well, what happens then? That could be no big deal, right? They just see the message and they go, huh? And then they ignore it. Or you might rub them the wrong way. Now, if the contact just purchased a product and you send them an email with a deal for that product, well, they're not going to be very happy with you, especially if they didn't get the deal when they bought the thing. Your timing was all wrong. And timing is everything. It could be the difference between catching someone at precisely the right time, the right moment, the, the moment they're most likely to convert or take an action, or sending it a day late and getting nothing. You've got your pile of laundry. I mean, data, your pile of data. And you can certainly use that information to learn more. But how are you supposed to know what the right time is? The right time is just the days between emails, right? You don't want to send too many, but you also don't want your contacts to forget about you by not sending enough. Is this what we mean by the right time? Or is it the time of day? Tuesday mornings are good, right? Unless you've got an audience that's all over the world. What's the right time for everyone? Or maybe it's just, maybe it's just when they want the email? How do you figure that out? Shiv, if we're thinking about the right time to send an email, maybe you can help me out here. Yeah. When, when's the right time? It's a, it's a solid question. And, and honestly, I think it, it ties back to a question we actually got from one of our, our people on chat here. Oh, perfect. Uh, where they were asking, what if you only have one product? I, I think the principles of CXA equally apply, right? The, the principles of CXA, right message, right time, right person, right medium, they're still going to apply even if you have one singular product. And the timing of when somebody wants that product, the timing of when they're looking at that product versus somebody's maybe more in that stage of you know, consideration when they're sure. still trying to prospectively think, do they even want the product in the first place? It's still important to listen to those cues. Yeah, absolutely. Their behavior is going to dictate where they are in the, in the decision to make that purchase more than you know, what they're going to purchase, yes. but you know, if and when and how interested they are at that exact moment in time. Exactly, exactly. And, and genuinely, here's the harsh reality. If you're wondering if you're sending too little or too many messages, your heart's in the right place, but your mind is not. Remember, CXA is the art of using information to create a unique experience for each person, and that includes timing. Customers that are clearly interested in that high-end camera because they continue to look at your pricing page, they might appreciate more frequent messaging about how great your products are. This is compared to the person that just sent in a support ticket about how their camera broke. You know, it's, it's all action-based, like we're saying. Yeah. 
So for example, if I have a coupon code with a 24-hour expiry, I don't want to send it arbitrarily to everyone who hasn't purchased yet. I want to make sure it specifically gets sent to my leads that are clearly nurtured and understand the value of the coupon. In fact, even if we know the frequency, we can still get more granular from there. Use the information at your fingertips to understand what days of the week the majority of your contacts engage with you, what specific time each contact is most likely to open your messages with tools like predictive sending. For example, I could send you an email you know, that you're all viewing at home right now, and you'll all get it around the same time, but you certainly won't open it at the same time. Some of you might open first thing in the morning, some at lunch, some at night, some every time you feel the vibration, not to mention that we have an audience tuning in across all across the world. You know, instead, I could send an email to everybody watching this show right now, and everybody will get at a time that you specifically are most likely to open. Now, let's toss the conversation back over to Ernie and Sven around building the right timing for your messages. In terms of how you approach, you know, when is the right time to, to deliver some of these messages? Uh, could you take me through your, your thought process or kind of how uh, Koya approaches that? Yeah, for sure. I guess uh, it's kind of two steps to that. One's just regular campaigns that you send out. One's just automation sends. So I'll go to campaign level first. What we like to do is look at our reports and we'll look at historical timing that works best. Like, so what time of the week, what actual time of the day that we actually get better open rates and click-through rates. And we mm -hmm. can do that through, uh, we can find that that uh, data through our reporting tab. And then once we find a, you know, figure out, oh, Thursdays at 5 p.m. typically work better for just general sends. And then for stuff that's like DTC sales, typically work better in the morning. Um, so depending on what we're kind of sending out, what kind of campaign we're sending out, um, we'll, we'll uh, dictate what time we're going to send it and what day we're going to send it. So that's for regular campaign sends. And then for automations, what we like to do is if someone signs up for Koi Crew, um, they get a confirmation email that says, hey, thanks for joining the Koi Crew. That's awesome of you. And uh, by the way, here's a free coupon for being awesome and signing up. And then if they don't click on that free coupon, or I'm sorry, if they don't click on, hey, you also need to sign up and join the Koi Crew Facebook group, because that's where we do a lot of the announcements for people who win giveaways and stuff like that. If they don't click that Facebook group, then what we do is we wait like two days, three days, and then we send them another email that says, hey, Ernie, you know, thanks for signing up again, but we really would love for you to join our fantastic group. There's a bunch of awesome people like you in there that are, you know, posting and interacting and there's a, a ton of value in this group. And we'll send them another automation that's more tailored, that's more, has more urgency to it. Um, because if you don't join this group, you know, you might miss out on winning uh, giveaway prizes and, and knowing if you're a winner in one of these giveaways. So we kind of use the automation triggers and the if if and else, I think that's the trigger yep. to where if they don't open this email, then we'll send them another email that's more urgent. And then if they do, then the automation ends and they hit the goal. So got it. That, yeah. It, it just seems like, again, with a, with a right time conversation, I, I feel like so many people just think that there is a, a set time, a set day uh, to send. And there's X amount of time that you need to, to wait between emails and, and this kind of a thing. And, and to your point about campaigns, you know, that is true to an extent, but uh, I just find it really interesting with your automation point that it's almost like, when is the right time to send an email? The right time is when they tell you that it's the right time. You just need to be looking for that. Is that kind of 
accurate? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You obviously don't want to oversend because then you'll start seeing a big unsubscribe rate. But sure. you know, again, you always want to just keep looking um, at the reports tab and you'll be able to understand like, whoa, my unsubscribe percentage rate's really high this week. What did I do or this month? What did I do? I sent double the amount of emails. So let's pull back on that a little bit um, and then and then not send so many. Or it's the opposite. Like I, you know, my unsubscribe's so low. What is that point to where I can, can I send more? You know, cause if I can send more, that means I can make more sales. I can get in front of more people. So really looking at the data, looking at the reports tab is super helpful to understand, you know, what the happy medium is. Well, I'm really feeling better about this whole thing. We've got the right person, the right message, sent at the right time, but we're not out of the woods just yet. We've got to send the message to the right place, the right medium or channel. Now, I was thinking the other day, there are so many communication channels today. In the last 24 hours, I've used email, telephone, yeah, like an actual phone call. It was, it was incredibly wild, truly thrilling. Zoom, Slack, Google Hangouts, LinkedIn, text messages, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and that's just yesterday. Not to mention some of the other popular channels like TikTok or Clubhouse. Now, the thing about it is I use each of these channels in a different way to connect with different people, deliver a different message. For example, I send funny photos of my cat to my sisters on Snapchat, but I'm not going to set up a Zoom call with them so that they can see him. Also, this is Frank. I wouldn't send my grandmother an Instagram DM, even though she is on Instagram. Shout out to my grandma. If I wanted to catch up with her and see how she's doing, I would call her. Now, it's the same with CXA. In customer experience automation, you want to match the message to the person and the time, but you also need to match the medium, and more importantly, match the customer's expectations. Bad customer experiences can almost always be chalked up to a mismanagement of expectations. The thing is, today's consumers expect more. So you need to meet them where they are. Different channels have different expectations. They have different unwritten rules. And your customers expect you to follow the rules of the medium. Otherwise, there's a disconnect and the customer experience suffers. Now, think about the feeling when you feel the vibration of a text message from your, your pocket on your smartphone. Chances are you're like me. You use SMS for personal conversations with family and friends. The tone, the conversations, the whole thing, it's all very casual. So if you're going to use SMS as a marketing channel, you got to think about how that message is going to be received for that medium. Is the message that you're about to text better sent as an email? Should you just change the tone? Remember, all it takes is one bad experience, one mismanagement of expectations to cause a customer to change their entire opinion on your brand. Medium matters. All right, where do these shirts keep coming from? Look, your customers prefer different channels for different modes of communication, different messages. How do you make sure that you're sending the right message on the right medium? Shiv, how, how, can, you, how can you tell? Oh, yes, the right medium. The forgotten child of the four pillars of CXA, while arguably being the, one of the most important. Let's say that you're an online record store and I'm a contact in your database. You could know that I'm the right person looking at the fact that I've been checking out different record players. You might know the right message to get me to buy since I've been looking at Green Day's discography. You know the right time because I just put items in my, car my cart. But if you didn't give me a call out of the blue trying to sell me a Green Day record, well, I'm going to think you're pretty creepy. 
This is the opposite case if I had just come back from an open house where my partner and I really loved the home. I'm going to want my realtor to give me a call to chat further about the details, not send me a DM on Instagram. Matching where your audience wants to hear about you is just as important as the who, what, and when. In the 21st century, we've got more ways to reach out to our customers than we can count. I mean, we've got email, text messaging, online ads, social media, community pages, billboards, physical mail, carrier pigeons. There are so many channels that it now takes double the number of touch points to get a customer or prospect to take an action that it just did 10 years ago. So make sure to pick a right touch point for that pigeon that, with that buy now letter. I've seen automations where people try to create three emails over the course of 10 days to nurture their new prospect and then just give up. Maybe it wasn't that you had the wrong message. Maybe it wasn't that you had the wrong time or that you had the wrong person. If you aren't seeing success, try changing up the medium and then see if your message resonates then. So at the end of the day, every interaction with your business is just another digital opportunity to read that digital body language your customers are giving you in an ongoing conversation that you're having with them. Your job is to meet them where they are in every way possible. And this is especially going to be highlighted in the next clip from Sven. Take it away while I finish up folding Ernie's laundry. Throughout this conversation, you've mentioned uh, email, you've mentioned SMS, you've mentioned Facebook. What is the, the right medium to contact someone on? Um, or, or do you change mediums you know, based on where they're at in the customer journey? Yeah, you know, we are open to all mediums. We, uh, our philosophy and our marketing team is test before you even come to a conclusion. I think that's a good philosophy for any digital marketer because a lot of people go, well, I don't think that's going to work. And then they just never try it when actually that could have been a home run. Mm. Um, a good example of that was for me personally, you know, I, it, I'm sure you've heard of Instacart before. It's one of the largest grocery delivery Mm -hmm. uh, platforms up uh, two years ago. I didn't really know much about it. And people were telling me you should check it out. I didn't really check it out. But then my CMO who came on board was like, Hey, we should really check out Instacart. And he turned it on and it went gangbusters. And we got a ton of new customers from that platform. So I would always highly suggest testing anything uh, before knocking it. And a good um, kind of example also is like TikTok. Like we we're a little intimidated because it's like TikTok requires a lot of creativity and a lot of good content creators, which is really hard to find and also can be very expensive. But we found a really awesome way to kind of um, to get that content through. And, and it just took it just took time and it just took the uh, just taking that first step and, and, and we were able to figure it out. Yeah depending on the medium, the messaging definitely changes. Like SMS for us has been huge, but the messaging has been so much different than email. It's much more kind of like, Hey, you're my buddy, you know, on SMS. It's like, Hey, what's up? You know, it's, uh, here's a funny gift to laugh at. It's much more relaxed. And, um, I think it's pretty cool because it's, you get way better open rates for sure, but it's just a different type of, it's just, you're just layering communication with your existing audience. And it's really important whether they're scrolling on our Facebook feed and they're at work and they, you know, they see a Facebook ad from us and then, you know, or they're searching for us on Google. We always want to be top of mind. And then all of a sudden they get an email from us and a, you know, a text message from us. It's always intent sense. Like we don't sense, we don't want to just spam people. Right. Um, but we always also want to be top of mind too, because once they're done with work, then they're at a grocery store and then they saw that ad and then they saw that uh, SMS and that email. And then they go, Oh, I should grab a few coins while I'm at the store. So it's so different on so many different platforms just because each medium and platform has a different kind of audience, to be honest.
Yeah, absolutely. And a different expectation that goes with each type of, of message, you know, like the, the difference between receiving an email and receiving a text message, like your expectations of what both of those things are is completely different. And so if you can match the, the expectation, the tone, you know, everything, which it sounds like, you know, it's very top of mind for you. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's how you provide that incredible customer experience. Okay. Okay. Um, before we get in here to close this out, we did get another question um, on YouTube. And the question is, is CXA backed by AI? Um, now, the short answer is, it's, it's more backed by what I would call machine learning, right? Is, is that what you would say, Shiv? That's what I would say. Yes, machine learning. The, the idea that it's not like the robots are taking over and, and all that kind of stuff where crazy stuff is happening on the back end. We're simply looking at the data that's right. coming in and constantly learning from that so we can do better next time. A great example that we were just talking about was that, that idea of predictive sending. Yes. Right? The idea that every single person watching this right now could get the email at their designated time that we know that you would particularly be most likely to open that email. Right. And, and you know, machine learning is an aspect of customer experience automation, um, but it certainly is not something that is required. You know, you can build these automations by mapping your customer journey, by mapping out where these touch points are, the different messages, the different signs and behaviors that you'll be looking for in your contacts to then, you know, trigger those messages and those automations. You know, that, that can all be done. Just, just by you, no robots necessary, right? Except to send the, the emails. But these machine learning aspects, predictive sending, um, predictive content is another feature that we, that we have available. Um, they can certainly you know, complement the process, but by no means are they a necessary precursor to using CXA. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so right person, right message, right time, right medium, so that each customer has the experience they need the experience best suited to their situation, their expectations. Thanks for listening to Growth Decoded to Go. For the latest updates on Growth Decoded and links to the live show, you can sign up to be a part of the Grow team at activecampaign.com slash events slash growth hyphen decoded.